Spiral dial. Sci-fi with the soundscape. Patricia's glassy stare seemed to pin her to the bubble. Stuck fast, she felt a strange pressure where her left foot should be. She was unable to see what creature or object held her, but it felt as if she had caught her heel in some form of trap. A trap which was now being dragged inexorably away from her. The pressure increased and increased until it was almost intolerable. Round and around and up and down she twisted, as if on some sort of demonic roller coaster. She was stretched from one side to the other, losing sensation in first the left leg and then the right. Her head felt as if it were about to shear from her body, but still Patricia held her gaze fast. A strong hand grasped the back of her head and pulled her up, up until her head broke free from the orange at last and emerged into darkness. A faint hum filled her ears, developing into a rippling arpeggio of bright sound. As the notes fell, the darkness above her was transformed into a glittering forest. The lights appeared to move, shimmering from one side of the space to the other, a cacophony of sound creating a cascading waterfall of light. Perhaps she was in fairyland, Jessica thought. Eventually, every inch of the ceiling was covered in a bright web, and the music paused on one thin, tenuous, high note. Looking around in awe, she realized that she lay on a small outcrop of rock amid a dark underground cavern. The roof above her was decorated with the most fabulous array of stalactites she had ever seen. Long fingers of rock coalesced to form suggestions of faces and figures, as if to probe Jessica's memories of people and places from long ago. In the top left-hand corner, she could see her mother's face outlined in light. Her spidery fingers beckoned to her, and Jessica felt an intense sense of longing for home, for something, anything, familiar. She leapt to her feet, looking for a way to reach the wall, but there was no path. She was on an island, alone in an unfriendly sea. She was about to jump in and swim towards her when the face shifted and contorted into the unfriendly features of Colonel Black. The fingers merging into forceps dripping with blood. The white light above her merged into red and then orange, dripping its toxic light down onto her. Jessica covered her face, trying to escape the sight of the blood, but the memory was still inside her skull, and she fell to her knees, tearing at her eyes to erase those terrible sights. Once more, she felt that firm hand on the back of her head, lifting her, and as she did so, the arpeggios started once again, cascading downwards and cleansing the chamber with a bright white light.
You're welcome, darling, Archie drawled, releasing her. What the? Jessica leapt to her feet. Where had he come from? What was he doing there? I know, I know, it's quite indefensible, but you have to admit I put on a jolly good show, even without the benefit of a proper sound system. This cabin was a find. Sometimes I even impressed myself with my good ideas. He folded his arms and surveyed the ceiling, radiating satisfaction. After around two minutes of this, he sank down into a cross-legged position, a smug smile on his lips, and started fiddling with his sleeves. Jessica's irritation came to her head. What the hell is going on? Did you spike my drink again? And what on earth happened to Finn? Archie looked straight at her, wide-eyed. Finn? You saw Finn? Well, more heard him, actually. At least I thought it was him. She paused. Floating in orange was one thing, but was she really saying that she had heard a cat talk? What do you mean you heard him? I'm, I'm not quite sure how to explain. Are, are you telling me that Finn can talk? Archie seemed genuinely curious. Jessica pursed her lips. If what she had experienced was true, she had merged into an orange substance and been taught telepathy by a talking cat. All of her medical training was telling her that this could not possibly be right. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure who it was, but whoever it was didn't seem too happy with you. She hoped she sounded more confident than she felt. Archie tutted. Of course they're not happy with me, darling. No one ever is around here. I'm doomed to be terminally unappreciated for all eternity. You really should tell me what happened, though. It might be important, you know? For our survival? You are the practical one, after all. Reluctantly, Jessica spoke. D you left me. I didn't know what would happen. I remember floating in orange. Then I remember screaming, and the voice came to me. Having started, the words came faster until she was gabbling at him uncontrollably. Uh, the voice, it, it sounded like purring. He taught me how to speak, and th then we saw Patricia, and she cast a spell on Ant, and I got stretched and then then you rescued me i suppose she tailed off suddenly hesitant you sound utterly ridiculous she thought over a decade of medical training and here you are recounting the utterances of a per emitting disembodied voice archie sat very still frowning why do you want to teach you how to speak is beyond me you talk quite enough already Jessica raised one eyebrow. Archie, at least, had not been changed by his experiences. Well, it wasn't sound in the normal sense. It was more of a bubble, a thought bubble. Did you think his purr was, uh, dishy? Archie's head cocked to the left as he flashed a lopsided grin. Jessica narrowed her eyes at him, suspicious. Come on, darling, tell me. Could be critical. What flavour of dreamies would the ship's doctor prescribe for a talking cat? He dissolved into laughter, snorting uncontrollably. As he did so, the lights on the surface of the chamber flickered on and off, shimmering between silver and purple and gold. It would have been quite magical if Jessica had not been so severely unimpressed. Stepping forward, she grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and lifted him from the ground. She had not realised how very light he was. 
He had always been slight, but she had picked him up as if he weighed nothing at all. She held him still, thrashing. Livid, she spat into his face. You drugged me again, didn't you, you weasel? She threw him onto the ground. He skittered across the outcrop, almost reaching the edge of the fluid which surrounded it. She saw fear in his eyes. Wait, no, I didn't drug you. Something has happened. You're different. I don't know how, but please don't hurt me. He had dropped the act. His hands shook as he cowered on the floor, wide-eyed and trembling. I'm sorry, she stammered. She realised that she could have hurt him. She took a step towards him and he moved back reflexively. I'm sorry, Archie. I didn't mean to... Have you lost weight? Most certainly not. You just don't know your own strength. He lifted a large fragment of rock from just next to him, hefting it onto his shoulder with some difficulty. Will you try something for me? Take this. She reached out and grabbed it with one hand, lifting it with ease. He looked on in astonishment. I've always been strong, Archie. I trained in martial arts, remember? Okay, sure. Well, how about you karate chop that rock? She rolled her eyes. Don't be ridiculous. I'd break my hand. We only do it with wood. At the same time, she couldn't help but thinking that something was different about her. When she lifted him, he had felt like a paper cutout from a magazine, as if he might blow away given the slightest breath of wind. She felt energised, somehow in need of a release. Looking at the rock, she grasped it in both hands. Experimentally, she applied a gentle pressure to both sides of the irregular stone. At once it crumbled into several pieces falling to the floor. She crushed the largest of them easily beneath her bare foot. Archie stared at her, open-mouthed. She shrugged. What? The rocks in here must be soft, that's all. You should know. You're the geologist, assuming I didn't hallucinate that bit. No, you didn't hallucinate that. I do know about rocks, but those aren't soft rocks, Jessica. That rock is made of granite. It's extremely tough. In fact, most granite can withstand compression of up to 130 megapascals. He took a deep breath, about to continue, but Jessica cut him off. Okay, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I assume this is all some sort of wind-up too. Come on then, turn the lights back on. Let's get back to the surgery and start getting this situation sorted. I... I I'm afraid I can't do that, Jessica. I know you don't believe me, but I really don't know how any of this works. It's all so different from before. But you have to know, I never left your side. We were together all that time. I could see you, but you couldn't hear me. And I was talking about Finn. I don't know why, really, just for company. You seemed rather quiet, after all. But I'll tell you one thing for free. Magic or no magic, that animal does not talk. A loud sound rang through the air, short and sharp, like a gunshot. As the crack echoed in the chamber, the lights above them faded away and the whole room began to vibrate. As the vibrations grew stronger, the stalactites above them started to disintegrate, covering them in dust. Then larger fragments of rock began to fall on them both. A small stone hit Archie on the forehead. A stream of bright red blood gushed over the side of his face, obscuring one of his eyes. Instinctively, Jessica stretched out her hands above him and realised that she did not feel the impact of the stones at all. Grabbing Archie, she sheltered him beneath her body. He felt very 
small and very fragile, as if a single rock might permanently damage him. The barrage went on and on, until Jessica was completely encased in stone. It seemed that the whole world must have fallen on top of the two of them, entombing them in the earth. A dense silence fell, broken only by the faint sound of approaching footsteps.